Matt Harrison has written a lot of books on Python. He has self-published some and worked with publishers on others. He is putting together a course to try to help other people write books. It's called Effective Book Authoring, and I'll leave a link to it in the show notes. As part of the course, he's including interviews with people who have already written books, including me. I'm including it here because I really want you to write more books, and I'm hoping his interviewing me might help inspire you. After the interview, I realized that I talked about my wonderful development editor, Catherine Dvorak, but that I got her title wrong. I say in the interview that she's a design editor. The correct term is development editor. She was awesome to work with. Anyway, here's the interview. Welcome to Testing Code. Okay, Brian Aachen, thanks for joining me. Let's start off with an introduction. What's your two-minute story? Well, I'm a software engineer, mostly write embedded C++ code um, for wireless communication test equipment. Uh, I do system testing in Python, and uh, what in 2011, I wrote a custom test framework because I needed one. In 2012, I started thinking about other test frameworks and trying those like unit test and nose and PyTest and uh, writing about it on uh, pythontesting.net. Later, I turned some of the most popular articles into an ebook. And then I thought, this was fun. I should probably write a book. Um, and then contacted Pragmatic and uh, um, started writing in Python testing with PyTest. Actually, I was uh, going to write a different book, but it morphed into this. And that came out in 2017. Um, and I do that and I podcast and work and that's me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, so you, the, the book that you wrote is, uh, testing with PyTest. Um, why, I mean, you kind of went into this. Why did, why did you write the book? I mean, was there a book inside of you that just wanted to get out? Do you just like writing? What, what was the impetus for writing the book? I, I do like writing and I also like, um, reading and I, there is, um, I think I wanted to, I, there were aspects of different technical books that I didn't like. And I, I wanted to try my hand at, at, uh, technical writing. Um, and, and I also, there wasn't a PyTest book out there at the time. So I chose the topic because it, it would, it was a need that needed filling. So. Um, I didn't have a good reference to tell people when they said, I want to learn this. They, there also was a lot of, at the time, there was um, a lot of people that thought between unit test and PyTest, PyTest was powerful, but more complicated to learn. And I, I really thought that was the opposite. I think that PyTest is easier to learn. And I wanted to uh, write a book to prove that to people. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. I mean, just... I think the the main draw for me of unit test is that it's in the standard library, but that's about it. Yeah. And it, there's more to remember. Um, yeah. There's, you have to memorize. I don't memorize very well. So I like things that don't make me memorize stuff. So. Yeah. I think we're in the same boat there. Awesome. <laughs> well, this isn't about testing or Python per se. It should remain somewhat agnostic. So we won't go down that rabbit hole too much. Okay. Um, 
but thanks for for sharing you know why why the book came out i think that's a common um thing that causes people to write books is they want something to be able to share or point to right and that there often there is a need an unmet need especially for a lot of these technical things where tech seems to move very quickly and you you know there's an adoption curve with tech and you know when when it's a new library, no one's going to write a book about it, right? But then during this hype cycle or whatever, there might not be a book about it, right? And so you, th- there's, th- I think there there is a need for documentation. And I think books provide a, a really good source of documentation in that authors tend to think about a whole path through something versus random blog posts or random videos that, that tend to like niche down on just certain subjects, but not necessarily take a reader with them along a journey. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Datadog, for sponsoring this episode. Are you having trouble visualizing bottlenecks and latency in your apps and not sure where the issue is coming from or how to solve it? With Datadog's end-to-end monitoring platform, you can use their customizable built-in dashboard to collect metrics and visualize app performance in real time. Datadog automatically correlates logs and traces at the level of individual requests, allowing you to quickly troubleshoot your Python applications. Plus, their service map automatically plots the flow of requests across your app architecture, so you can understand dependencies and proactively monitor the performance of your apps. Start tracking the performance of your apps Sign up for free and install the agent, and Datadog will send you a free t-shirt. To get started, visit testingcode.com slash Datadog. Okay, so did you self-publish this book or go with a publisher? I mean, you sort of answered the question, but maybe can we dive into that a little bit more? I think there's a little bit more story to find out there. Yeah, definitely. The um, In writing, so I did have an ebook uh, at first, but it was... So the writing I did on pythontesting.net was blog posts. Mm -hmm. And I did try to follow a path. Um, I tried to do a project in different frameworks and and so that I could equally fairly compare all three at the same point in time. Um, But um, there was, I got a lot of feedback from people, which is good. Um, But I I wanted to, so I, I bundled a bunch of the most popular blog posts into an ebook that went fairly well, which actually surprised me. It's content that people could read for free and they were sending me cash for it. Um, it was just five bucks or something, but um, that was neat. Um, I, I liked the experience and I uh, wanted to reach out. So I reached out to a publisher of the reason why I went, tried to go, go with uh, that. I chose pragmatic and went with them as I, I mean, pragmatic, the pragmatic programmer book, um, oddly enough, not published by Pragmatic, um, but uh, the it just changed my career, changed my life, um, and uh, so I, I really respected the people that behind it. Um, I also like how they treat authors; they treat authors fairly well at that company. But the the main thing is, I wanted I wanted to work with an editor, a, de, a design editor, so that I could uh, really get the best book possible um, to help teach people. Um, that's something that I know you can hire editors yourself if you're self-publishing, but that's a little bit harder to do, I think. Awesome. Um, so, 
Yeah. And, and this is a common theme between a lot of the interviews that I've done is that, you know, if you're going with a publisher in general, not always the case, but in general, they do assign an editor to work with you. And a lot of times editors are professional editors, right? And similar to how you as an embedded C++ developer, you know, if someone wanted uh, some embedded C++ done, they probably wouldn't want necessarily a Ruby developer or some fresh grad right out of school who maybe hasn't done C++, right? They, they, they would prefer to hire a professional who has experience and who has done that. Yeah. And similarly, working with a professional editor, uh, these are people who look at a lot of writing and kind of can pick out things and can give you a lot of insight into your writing that you probably maybe could have got to, maybe not, but it probably would have taken a lot longer for you to get to that point. Um, I do. I also want to say though, that um, I was approached by other publishers with horrible contracts. So um, okay. uh, I would definitely, I, the, I think the pragmatic contract was fair and I, I don't, I don't think it would have been worth it just to get an editor if I were to give most of my revenue to somebody else. Okay. So, so to remind remind me, did Pragmatic approach you or you approached them? Yeah. So after after I got approached by a few other publishers, um, I I was the plan was I was going to talk with Pragmatic first and and uh, O'Reilly. I've heard good things about both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I contacted pragmatic and I got, a, uh, I got contacted back like very quickly saying that they were, um, uh, seriously considering it. So it really was within a couple of weeks that we had things fairly nailed down. So it was good. Not that's cool. I, I, I know, a, you know, a lot of people are choosing between self-publishing. Some people are like, I just want to get my book out. Other people are like, I really want to have a publisher, right? For whatever reason, they want an animal on their book or there, you know, there is this notion that a, a published book is, make, makes you an author versus self-publishing. Maybe you're not really an author. You just call yourself one per se. Um, but I think uh, your path to going about this is a nice... I, maybe called a hack or a technique to getting access to publishers that might have been a little bit more difficult had you not originally had your ebook ar around. Do you think it would have been easy for you to uh, well, get that quick turnaround had you not had the ebook? Had you just been Brian Aachen with no blog, but with an idea about writing about PyTest? Well, it's a couple of things. It's not just that I had an ebook that I've already written something. It's also having a platform. So um, I had uh, pythontesting.net uh, was, was, you know, five years in, four years in. Um, and I was uh, getting, uh, you know, I don't know, at the time around 40,000 hits a month. Um, so a decent amount of traffic. So I had some audience. Uh, I had been podcasting already. And, uh, or at least I can't remember, it was around the same time I started podcasting. Um, that was a good, um, I don't know, a good platform there too. So um, a publisher doesn't just want to know that you can write, but they also 
in today's world, you gotta, you've pretty much got to self-promote your book, whether you're going with a publisher or not. Um, so uh, having a platform definitely uh, helps. And I also, you know, having started writing and like, I mean, I, I, I've always enjoyed writing and I've blogged before, but this particular topic writing for since 2012, I had, you know, four years experience writing already um, and tons of content for them to be able to look at, um, you know, my writing style to see if they like it or not. So, mm-hmm. so certainly grease the skids made things a lot easier having a platform yeah. And there was, there was definitely, um, I had actually researched whether or not to go with a, f- like just self-publish the full book or not. And, um, the, um, there's, there's, there's a lot of work there that I just didn't want to take on. Mm-hmm. Um, so having somebody else help me, I wanted to get the book out as fast as possible and sure. have it be as high a quality as possible. And therefore, uh, and at the time, I mean, things have even grown since then. So there's, there's better, there's more options now, even than there was in 2016 for uh, tooling. So things are, things are even getting better now, I think. Yeah. Um, but but so it wasn't, a, it, sorry, it wasn't a money thing though. I, I wasn't trying to make money from the book. Um, making some money would be good, mostly to compensate my family for all the time I spent away from them writing the book okay. but um uh i definitely had heard from other authors already that uh writing a technical book is not the fastest way to get rich so yeah so so was your proposal process did you have to go through a, a full proposal process where you filled out pages of information about your book and you know audience and potential buyers and competition yeah i think that's fairly standard mm-hmm. um and uh, to sub- since submitting a writing sample, I just attached the ebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay. But my my first thought was it was just going to be like that. I thought my my book was about two thirds done. I just needed the. I was just going to fill out the ebook more. Um, mm-hmm. But it, that was a that was a comparison of unit test by test and nose. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, uh, that's not what the final book was. The final book was focused just on PyTest. So, yeah. So, so what was that process working with the publisher? What did it look like? Uh, can you sort of walk us through, you know, you had what you thought was a book and it, apparently two thirds of that, you know, the non PyTest related stuff sort of got thrown out then did you come up with a new outline? How did you work on the chapters? How did you get feedback from an editor? What, what was that back and forth looking like? Yeah, I can't remember. I, I do think that we originally, the, for the first little bit, maybe the first month or so, um, uh, we want, I wanted to rough out an outline. Um, did they uh, immediately reject the non-PyTest? No, the, the, the original agreement was for a... Uh, something to cover multiple platforms. Okay. Um, but as I was trying to flesh out the different chapters, trying to write, the, not, not flesh them out, but write the outline for what, what the flow through the book was going to be. Um, I realized that um, my punchline was going to be, here's how to do all of these things, but you should, use I, PyTest. you should use PyTest. Um, and I also didn't really want to write about the others anymore. I was, I'd already, I'd explored them. Yeah. yeah. And I, th- 
think of them as as at least for me dead ends so it wasn't wasn't energy i wanted to put in to, to learn those more um i also realized it was going to be a longer book if i tried to write a complete treaty treatise on all three um and uh, that wasn't it's not what i wanted i wanted something smaller so uh focusing they, there was concern at first that the um there was going to be enough content to fill up one book with just pytest mm-hmm. um but I think uh, I think it's good that it's short. It's so it's under two hundred. I think it's about one eighty pages or something. Yeah, no, it's a it's a good book. I have it and I recommend it uh, often. Um, was there any consternation or issue pushback from the publisher? I mean, it sounds like you had a contract at that point, and you sort of said like, uh, "This this isn't going to work. I'm going to change everything." Did, was that a mutual decision, or yeah, they was- were okay with that? Uh, so I'd worked with a, the, I think it's called a design editor from the beginning. And, um, and she and I, um, uh, I, a couple, a couple phone calls with her. Um, we used to, we probably made phone calls maybe once a week or every other week in the beginning to try to keep, keep up to date. And I just was struggling. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is the right direction for the book. Uh, let's, uh, let's try to figure out something else. So we did a little bit of a pause and did a, a new outline. And, uh, and then I think, I don't remember really the details. I think she went and talked with some of the other people at the company to, to think whether, you know, if that was, if the change in direction was uh, okay for, mm-hmm. for that. Um, um, so it was definitely a collaboration at that point. Yeah. So, and then, then you, with your outline in hand, what, what did your process for writing look like at that point? You, you well, had some book. Did you keep that? Did, did you throw it out? What, what happened after that? Well, I left, I left the, um, yeah, I, I did uh, change things around quite a bit. Um, the, um, uh, I changed the topic of the, the subject I was testing, um, I kind of just started from scratch as I, at first I thought I was going to be able to reuse a lot of content, but it's mostly reusing the learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just uh, decided if I wanted to actually, at first I wrote um, the f- first draft of the first four chapters uh, I wrote in order. And I even wrote the preface in it first, uh, even though the, the, the advice from my editor was, just pick a chapter and write it and probably don't pick the first one. But I, I thought of this as a path through the system, you know, a path from start to to end. And I didn't know how to get to the middle without going through the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I just went ahead and wrote, wrote from the beginning to the end. Uh, and, and then it, things moved around quite a bit. We uh, shifted things a lot. Um, and there was a uh, heavy edits. I knew that, the first chapters was I was just getting into the, the swing of things and would have to be rewritten. And uh, they did. I think I rewrote the first uh, couple chapters of two or three times. Uh, so. And that was just working with a copy editor or someone who was looking at sort of the overall flow, not necessarily diving into the technical content per se. Right. Just the overall flow. There wasn't, it wasn't a copy editor, just a, um, a book design. Um kind of editing okay um and the the technical aspect she had um she has uh edited other python books so she's familiar she's not a developer but she's familiar with the language um mm-hmm. and we uh 
there were <laughs> a few things we had to with the copy editor we had to to warn the copy editor about some capitalizations because pytest is pytest is lowercase lowercase um and they kept trying to uppercase it at the beginning of sentences so yeah i've run into similar things with pandas writing about that where the library is lowercase right but how do you start a sentence with pandas yeah <laughs> on on um so so what what tools did you use while you're writing it well they have a they have a custom workflow uh okay. yeah, but there is uh support for some uh i am comfortable writing in markdown so um i i did almost all my work in markdown and mm -hmm. source code so um there's a there's a way to pull source code snippets into your into your uh document without having to actually copy and paste them so that if mm. I, if I update the, if you update the, the source code, it just updates in the, in the book. So, so because this was a technical um, book about, you know, coding, you ha you went out and made the pro the code project first, and then you sort of wrote about that and sucked in the code to make sure that, you know, the code that you're putting in there wasn't just random code that might not work, but there was actually code working code from, your project. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And the, the code built up after, uh, during the, during the writing of the book as well. Mm -hmm. so. And, and so they take the markdown and they have some backend process or they're just fine with markdown. Um, at, I, I don't know what the process is now with them, but they, it was a something other than markdown um, that they took, but I just wrote my own converter. Oh, okay. So they had some other format, but yeah. you, you formatted your re, reformatted it's, your markdown to that. It's a very reasonable format though, but it was just a, a like ASCII bit, doc or something little, or, uh, well, it's a proprietary thing. So, uh, Oh, can't talk know. about it. Can't okay. I could tell you, but then I, you know, <laughs> okay. let's not go down that, that, that place. Okay. Okay. So proprietary tools, but, uh, you were able to get by with non-proprietary tools. Awesome. Yeah. And they, they do, they use version control. So it really felt like a software development environment. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, okay. So you complete your book or you think you complete it. What, what happens after that? Like well, they, you, you're done with all your markdown and then that was it. What, what, what was any more process after that? Or they're like, yes, hey, Brian, thanks. So, <laughs> there was, um, uh, two stages where we, after for the first four chapters and then at, at the, when we were, um, I guess, uh, through the last chapter. So at two stages, we sent the book out to um, uh, maybe a dozen or two uh, uh, technical editor, technical reviewers, mm -hmm. um, and and then they gave their feedback back uh, so that we could, you know, incorporate it, um, try to incorporate it. The first, the the major the major changes in the first four chapters. Um, uh, caused a redirection of the book and then at the at the end there were just you know minor tweaks um, so the feedback from the technical reviewers was actually pretty important at least for the first part of the book yeah for actually for everything uh, like for instance um i don't normally use uh develop on linux mm -hmm. so having having a developer that is more familiar with uh, linux to point out that there were uh, some some quirks in how uh how pip worked in on ubuntu 
for instance, mm-hmm. um, helped because I had an appendix uh, that talked about PIP. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, so yeah, the review from the technical editors were good. The the process at Pragmatic also is that there you can optionally do a beta release of the book um, when you have like three quarters or I don't know or seventy percent of the book done or something like that, mm-hmm. um, and they start selling the book in ebook form as a beta reader and then there's there's a there's a feedback form for people to go to uh to uh, you know tell tell you if there's errors so there's there's a process to go through and then i would you know we'd go through on on a regular basis i think on a i think i can't remember if it was every two weeks or every or once a month we'd update the update the ebook uh for all the beta readers with fixes and uh mark mark problems finished and stuff like that very so that, soft that was pretty useful then having the beta program as well it was yeah definitely there's a but there's there's effort there too it's a it's very helpful to get feedback and people looking at it especially with a technical book just to make sure that things are really working like you said they were gonna work mm-hmm. um also uh when editing you kind of jump around into different sections and it does take a fresh, a fresh pair of eyes or many pairs of fresh eyes to read through it to say, wow, this, this transition between these two chapters is too harsh. Mm-hmm. Or you said you were going to teach me about this during this chapter, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. A common piece of advice. If you're, even if you're editing your own book, but if you're self-publishing as well, right. Is to, separate the writing from the editing right and treat them as different different activities did you find that to be the case yeah definitely um it's important to separate those um but the the uh uh also one of the reasons why i tried to keep my book short is because i also wanted to several times read through it from beginning to end to make sure i understood the flow and made sure Mm -hmm. it kept kept going well so yeah um trying to that knowing that writing and editing are different things is is important but it's natural to try to do it at the same time and of course i would have to it's kind of like a meditation practice you have to remind yourself oh i'm not editing right now i'm i'm writing i need to stop editing Mm -hmm. so and and vice versa when i'm editing and fixing things if i have new ideas that i want to write about that's fine. Just write them on a piece of paper or something, write them down, but don't, don't try to jump into the writing mode right away. So. Interesting. So, so eventually at some point, all your, all your PRs are marked as invalid or they're fixed. Yeah. Um, and then you put the golden stamp on it and, and you send it off. And after that, you're, you're good. You're just twiddling your thumbs. <laughs> um no, uh, it's it's a pretty quick process. There was there was a, uh, I guess once we had had the the final form in hand, there was um, there's a lot of stuff that has to happen though. There's uh there's the final copy editing that happens, mm-hmm. the final um, so making sure that spelling and grammar was correct. Um, we d- went through like a couple rounds of that because the copy editor went through, and then I had to review the copy editor changes to make sure that they were appropriate for the technical Mm -hmm. book. And And this was done in the proprietary or this was done at Markdown? In the proprietary form. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, after that, um, uh, indexing happens. So uh, the, uh, the going through and, and figuring out, you know, at the back of the book, being able to, to jump to different page numbers for different topics. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's something that you get with a published book too. And I don't know how to do it with, uh, if it's possible with modern, with today's self-publishing books or not. Mm -hmm. did, did, so they had an editor or an indexer go through and, and create the index and then you sort of gave it a thumbs up or did you do editing to the index? I think I had the option to, but I just uh, frankly like just flipped, flipped through it and made sure that the, the most important things people would be looking up were there. Uh -huh. um, so, but they actually, they did a really good job. So, yeah, again, I, I've found that, well, I've, I've, I've actually had mixed results with editing or with indexing, but um, there are people who do an amazing job of indexing and, and hopefully you know, if you want an indexer, you get one of those people to do it because yeah. a professional can do a really good job. Okay. But, I, yeah, go ahead. But because, I mean, the final copy editing and indexing does take some time. Mm -hmm. um, it's, a, it's a laborious process. So, um, but it still was uh, in the order of weeks, um, mm -hmm. I, I think, uh, before we had a, uh, a book that, in my hands, a shipped book. So, Okay. And, and so at, at that point, you know, you're sort of done and, and the book is live for sale. What promotions did you do to promote your book? Um, oh, I was, most of the promotion was, I was, uh, talking about it almost constantly, uh, on Python bytes, um, talking and just, um, we, had, we go through our topics and then at the end we talk about what's new with us. And I would, mentioned that I got another chapter done or, or the beta is available. And I think that that was the best advertising that we could do. Uh, then I also went to, um, uh, we had uh, the beta available right before the first PyCon I ever went to. So um, Michael and I got a booth um, at, uh, at PyCon, one of the community booths for, our, uh, for the podcast. And we also, um, you know, I, I, got a big poster with the book cover on it to try to promote and mm -hmm. promote the book, gave out stickers. Um, I think just getting there and talking with people was good. Uh, the, uh, I also had a lot of some of the, a lot of the beta readers show up and ask me questions. Awesome. Um, which was great. And then, uh, the following year, uh, the, did that again. Uh, and, and I went to PyCon and I actually had a stack of books that I could give out. So, I've been uh, doing book signings at PyCons ever since, uh, whenever I can. Of course, 2020 didn't happen, but so uh, book signings are a fun thing. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and so this this promotional expense has this come out of your pocket, or have they provided you with a banner and stickers and books? Who, who pays oh, for that? Yeah, I just it, it all came from me. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and I get a discount uh, from for buying my own book, but it's not, it's not a huge discount. So uh -huh. uh, it's still to, to buy, I don't know, to buy, I, I took with me like 20 or 40 copies or something like that. Uh, it's yeah. still kind of expensive. Yeah. I think for my published books, um, I think if I order like a hundred or 200 books, I get 
like a 45% discount or something like that. So, uh, but you know, if you just order a few books and it's, it's, it seems like it's almost cheaper to wait for Amazon to put your book on sale to buy it that way than to, to get the author discount there. No, we, I mean, pragmatic's pretty good. So even if Uh I only buy like 10 or something like that, we get a, a pretty steep discount. Um, but, um, like even if it's half price, it's still, it still adds up pretty quick. So. Yeah. Awesome. So you've been through this process sort of twice. I mean, you've, you've done a, a self-published version and then, you know, put that into a more formal published version. What advice would you give to yourself before writing your book were you to do it again? I think to go faster. Um, I think I, I sweated the tiny little details, um, that, uh, uh, that I don't think mattered too much. Get hurry up and get through the first chapter or the first draft first. Mm-hmm. Um, get a complete book there and then start tweaking it. Uh, I think I I dwelled too much on little tiny things like whether or not you know how many uh, how many examples to put in or which exa- examples. Just just rush through it. Get it done. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, pr- premature optimization, what we call that in the programming world, right? But the favor an agile process where get the MVP out and then iterate on that. Yeah. And also just be also, you know, with uh, like test driven development, you need to be willing to throw away your code and start over. And I think with, uh, Mm. with, with writing, it's, that's the same part. There's sometimes development. (laughs) It's uh, sometimes hard to, if there's, if a chapter doesn't flow right and you're just trying to tweak it and trying to change it little bits at a time, Sometimes it's just easier to just, you know, and you don't even have to throw it away. You just, just, you know, rename it some other file and, and start another file and start writing and just see if you can do it uh, better than the second time. Mm-hmm. And it always, it's always faster just with, with code as with writing. Um, even if a, even if a chapter took you a month to write, you could throw it away and rewrite it in a week. Uh, mm-hmm. or less. Um, it's not going to take a month again to rewrite the same thing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, do you have any plans for a future book? I would really, I'd like to write, I'd like to overtake you uh, at some point uh, in the number of books I have out. No, uh, <laughs> at, at least a, at least a couple books, more books. I'd like to um, some targeted focused books. I think it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got more books in me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, do you, I think we're at the end of our questions. Do you have any, any additional things that we didn't talk about that you want to add or any insights that, you know, for aspiring authors advice you would give them or, you know, words of wisdom? Um, I think that one of the reasons why people, and at least myself, I tried to, I wanted to write so that I could teach people, but the, mm-hmm. the, the interesting side effect was there was, um, there's a lot of interesting side effects for writing a book. And one of those is I think I learned more than I taught um, mm. because I thought I understood uh, the path from A to Z. And in reality, I didn't quite know all the pieces. And if you have to write it down, you see all the, the, the holes are glaring and you have to go do some research. I, I did a lot of research and learning new techniques and learning new things when mm-hmm. I put it together. Um, the other thing is 
I was really, I'm not a core PyTest developer. So I had uh, what the imposter syndrome. I didn't understand why anybody would be okay with me writing this book when there's people that clearly understand the topic more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, uh, no, it's not fair to me. It's not fair to anybody to put that on yourself. If you have a passion for a topic and you want to write a book about it, write a book about it. It doesn't matter if you're the right person to write it or not. Yeah. And I mean, I think to your point, oftentimes someone who isn't a core developer can write a better book on it or I would say possibly has better insights because they're not looking at the guts and they're coming at it from a probably a user's point of view versus a lot of times someone who's very involved under the covers probably cares a lot more about minutia than most end users do, right? And so there's a potential for um, misunderstanding the audience and coming, I think coming at the content from a way that the audience uh, probably, uh, how do I say this? Impedance mismatch, right? Where the core developers thinking about things this way, but 90% of the users don't think about that way and want these features. Right. So I, I, I think being a user, yeah, to your point, imposter syndrome is common, but don't let that stand in your way. The other, the other thing I wanted to point out is um, that books are one perspective, one person's perspective, or maybe a handful of people if they're writing mm-hmm. it with a handful of people. And that's one of the reasons why people buy books is to get your perspective. Yeah. Um, so, um, and this was, I tr- when I started writing the book, I tried to give people lots of options. You can do A, B, C, or D, but I recommend that you do C. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do some of that, but if you do that all over a book, it's tedious and it's it gets long. Just go ahead and give your opinion of how to do it. If it's just C, just cover C. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I actually, I got, that was some of the feedback I got in the first half of the book was, um, you know, maybe not spend so much time on all the stuff we're not supposed to do. Just tell us what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got to the chase. Um, awesome. So I think that that's, I, in, especially in today's world with technical, technical books, all the other options are findable on the internet. So <laughs> if somebody doesn't like your solution and go, well, I don't like how they did that. Well, they can look up some other way to do it, but um, I think opinions are important in books. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I keep saying this, but one of the values of a book is, is that it, it puts you on a path, right? And and it can be an opinionated path, but that is super valuable, right? To your point that like you thought you knew PyTest, but you after you wrote your book, you realized that you didn't really know it. When you teach or you write about something, you understand it a lot better. And so people who put in the effort to write a book or create a course uh, to teach something often have a nice path for you to go along and learn along with them. And that, that can be super valuable. Yeah. I even had like some of the core developers that were part of the, the technical editor group um, come back to me and say that they learned about it. So they, (laughs) even though they're a core developer, they're focused on like one part of the system and they Mm -hmm. don't understand the rest of the whole thing as a big picture as much. So it's good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. This has been really useful. How can viewers stay in touch with you if they want to 
check out your book or ask you a question, what would be the best way to do that? I hang out on Twitter too much. So I'm on Twitter at, at Brian Aachen. Okay. Um, and uh, also um, uh, encourage people to, there's a, there's a contact form at Test and Code. So that's a good place to send me a message if you want to send me a message. So. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time, Brian. Have a Thank great you. rest of your day. You too. Bye. Thank you, Matt, for interviewing me. It was fun. Thank you, Datadog, for sponsoring. Check them out at testandcode.com slash datadog. And thank you to all the listeners that support the show through Patreon. Join them by going to testandcode.com slash support. Those links, as well as links to Matt's course and my book, are in the show notes. That's all for now. Now go out and test something. Or maybe go write a technical book. That'd be cool. <laughs>